0: Welcome to your Catholic Corner for the 9th of October or the 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time on the Church's calendar. You're listening to FM 89.0 Independent Community Media and your Catholic Corner is generously sponsored by the parish of St. Matthew's Hillcrest. My introductory music was Michael Crawford singing Ave Maria or Hail Mary. And... If you haven't got out of bed yet, it's a little bit grey out there after such a beautiful day yesterday. And yesterday was a day of weather, um, elections and sport. We had a plethora of them all. And I guess the grey day suits those people that didn't do so well at sport or didn't do so well in the elections. But there's a little bit of a change around the world, so um, all is well with us. At this time on the Catholic calendar there are special feast days St Francis of Assisi was last Tuesday Our Lady of the Rosary last Friday and St John the 23rd or Pope John the 23rd as you may remember him next Tuesday St Francis was born in Assisi in the 13th century and is probably one of the best known of the saints especially for his renowned love of animals I thank our parish priest for this brief summary of his life. Francis was the son of a prosperous coal merchant, a cloth merchant in Assisi. When his father objected to having his goods sold without his consent to pay for the restoration of a church, the bishop commanded Francis to repay the money. He did. He also renounced his father and gave back everything he had ever been given, even his garments. He began life of a perfect evangelical poverty, living by begging and even then only accepting the worst food that people had to give. He preached to all the love of God and the love of the created world, because having renounced everything, he celebrated everything he received or saw or heard as a gift. A rich man sold everything and joined him in living next to a leper colony and from a neighboring parish gave up his position and joined them also. They looked into the gospel and saw the story of the rich young man who Jesus told to sell everything. They saw Jesus telling his disciples to take nothing with them on their journey. They saw Jesus saying that his followers must also carry his cross. And on that basis they founded an order. Francis went to Rome himself and persuaded the Pope to sanction it, though it may have seemed at once impractical and subversive, to set thousands of holy men wandering penniless round the towns and villages of Europe. Because Francis was wearing an old brown garment begged from a peasant, tied round the middle with string, that became the Franciscan habit. Ten years later, 5,000 men were wearing it, a hundred years later, Dante was buried in it because it was more glorious than a cloth of gold, and the brown Franciscan habit is well illustrated in and I think um, I think Friar Tuck uh, of Robin Hood fame uh, was also wearing this brown garment. There is too much to say about Francis to fit here; he tried to convert the Muslims and at least to attain martyrdom in doing so. He started the practice of setting up a crib in church to celebrate the Nativity. Francis died in 1226, having started a revolution, and the Franciscans are with us today. Here in New Zealand, there's a big friary in Auckland for retreats and contemplation and prayer, and there is at least one school in Christchurch named for him. Uh, I understand he figures very prominently in the Anglican uh, community. And both here and overseas, the name of St. Francis proliferates. But let us listen to the Glen Allen Choir singing Holy, Holy, Holy. <coughs>
1: Blessed be holy, holy.
0: My next topic I'm going to talk about is about two simple little words. Thank you. It's something that for a lot of people is disappearing from the vocabulary and is so important that when something is done, we say thank you. Today's gospel from Luke uh, talks about this very subject and I read it for you. On the way to Jerusalem... Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers, stood off at a distance and lifted up their voices, crying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and it fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan, and the Samaritans were outside the fold. Then Jesus answered, "Were not ten cleaned? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to them, said to him, Rise and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. And there's a message for all of us, isn't it? Nowadays, we have two types of people uh, in this field. Those who appreciate what is done for them and those who expect things to be done with no appreciation. I've noticed on TV... And I say this in a non-political sense. If if the government or a city council or a public utility gives funds to a cause or partially funds a cause or some worthwhile project, the reaction is begrudging. It's not enough. It's not what we wanted. About time. Seldom even a grudging thank you that they even qualified were what they have received or even sometimes when we get things not quite what we want, we can say thanks for what we've got, even if we would have liked a little bit more. On the other side, we have people who making the slightest little gesture, just moving out of their way on the supermarket aisles, they say thank you. Others just take it for granted. One area where there seems to be an improvement is when... Motorists stop and let you into traffic, or you stop and let people into traffic. People seem to acknowledge a lot more kindnesses on the road. I wonder when any listener received a thank you note in the mail or even an email of thanks. What about our parents or grandparents? Especially for the young, it is so easy to criticize parents. They don't understand. They don't let me have the car when I want it, or the clothes, or the computer game I want. When did we last thank our parents or siblings for all they have done for us? And then, of course, our God and Creator. We live in God's own country. And although it's not perfect, we have high inflation at present, hospital waiting lists, climate crisis, infrastructure rose, storm damage, to name a few. But we have a beautiful country, food in abundance from sea and land, and compared to many countries, health facilities and welfare for all. Best of all, no wars down here. Should we not thank our God for our country, our health, our families, our life, at least every day. So, now I play the next hymn as it should apply to all of us. Now thank we all our God. Thank we all our God. We should think about it. We have so many blessings. Our second feast at this time is Our Lady of the Rosary. St. Pius V established this feast in 1573. The purpose was to thank God for victory of Christians over the Turks at Lepanto, a victory attributed to praying the Rosary. Clement XI extended the feast to the Universal Church in 1716. The development of the rosary has a long history. There is, uh, It's believed to be legend, but M- Mary was supposed to have given the rosary to St. Dominic um, and the prayer sort of has developed from that. One one of them, Alan de la Roche, was known as the Apostle of the Rosary. He founded the first cref- cref- confraternity having trouble this morning, aren't I, in the 15th century. Uh, and he established the Rosary in its present form with 15 mysteries. In 2002, Pope John Paul II added five mysteries of the light to this devotion. The normal Rosary has 15 decades. A decade is an Our Father, 10 Hail Marys and a Glory Be. The Glory Be is a short prayer that goes that uh, glory be to the father and to the son and to the holy spirit as it was at the beginning is now and ever shall be world without end amen. And the Glory Be is followed by a prayer given to the children of Fatima. O oh my Jesus forgive us our sins save us from the fires of hell and bring all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. So the normal thing when people say a full rosary, there's nothing to stop people just saying one group of uh, Our Father and ten Hail Marys and the Glory Be. But the normal is to say uh, five such decades. And they're split into the joyful, uh, the sorrowful, and the glorious mystery. The joyful mysteries, which you meant to contemplate on, as you say, the rosary, are the annunciation of the lay, uh, of our um, Mary when the angel asked Mary to uh, become the mother of Jesus. The visitation when she visited her uh, cousin. The nativity when Jesus was born. The presentation when Jesus was brought to the temple and presented to the temple. And the finding of Jesus in the temple when Mary and Joseph found they'd lost him when they were going home, and they come back to find him teaching in the temple. I said that um, Pope John Paul introduced the luminous mysteries. Now, some people don't use these, but these are the ones that, and these are focused more on Jesus' life. They are the baptism in the Jordan when John the Baptist baptized Jesus, The wedding feast of Cana, which is Jesus' first miracles. Uh, His proclamation of the kingdom of God uh, when he called for conversion to all sinners. His transfiguration when he appeared before the apostles and became illuminated on Mount Tabor. And the fifth one is when he instituted the Eucharist on Holy Thursday. The sorrowful mysteries are the agony in the garden, the scourging at the pillar, the crowning of thorns, the carrying of his cross, and of course the crucifixion and Then the glorious mysteries are the resurrection when jesus went up, um, when Jesus rose from the dead, the ascension when he rose up into heaven. The descent of the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit came down on the apostles and they went out and uh, expanded Christ's church on earth. The assumption when Mary was taken up into heaven and the coronation of Mary as Queen of Heaven. The purpose of the rosary is to help us to meditate on these great mysteries of our salvation. (coughs) And... Uh, they focus on the life of Mary and Jesus in the things in their lives. The Our Fathers remind us that Jesus Father is the initiator of salvation. The Hail Marys remind us to join with Mary in contemplating these mysteries, and the glory one remind us the purpose of life and the glory of the Trinity. The Rosary appeals to many. And in a lot of parishes, there'll be a rosary group that meet regularly to pray the rosary. And its constant constant repetition of words helps create an atmosphere in which to contemplate the mysteries of God. Um, a little fact that I didn't know, I was unaware that the main Catholic church in Anzac Parade and Gray Street here in Hamilton was originally called the Church of Our Lady of the Rosary when it was built in 1911-1912. Later on, to my memory, it was simply St. Mary's. It was demolished in 1975 and is now the Cathedral Church of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And there is at least one church and school in New Zealand named for the Rosary. And, of course, uh, quite often in um, discussion, you'll hear people talking about their beads, or you'll see people quietly in a corner with their beads in their hands, and of course, uh, particularly in the old days, nuns would have great uh, strings of beads off their belts when they walked around in their old habits. So our opening hymn was the Ave Maria, which is the Hail Mary, the main part of the rosary, And the first prayer is the Lord's Prayer. And we have the three priests singing the Lord's Prayer for us now. The final feast is Saint John the Twenty-third, or as most would remember him, Pope John the Twenty-third. He was born in a small village in Italy in 1881, the fourth of fourteen children born to poor parents. He was his ordinary name was Angelo Roncalli, and his career began in the church in 1904 when he graduated from university with a doctorate in theology. He was ordained a priest, and soon met Pope Pius X in Rome. His career were varied as he pro- progressed up the ranks to Cardinal Patriarch of Venice in nineteen fifty three. in nineteen fifty um, In nineteen fifty eight, he was in nineteen fifty eight he was called to Rome as all cardinals were to participate in the election of a pope, and at that time he suddenly was made Pope John Twenty-Third. It was thought that, as he was an old pope, that his reign would be rather short, but he immediately began changing the culture of the Vatican. And uh, he especially visited the sick, the poor, and prisoners, and he was very instrumental in shaking up the Roman's uh, culture. Perhaps his most influential decision was to call for an ecumenical council which would be known as Vatican II. And as a result of this council, many practices of the classic church would be altered with new emphasis on ecumenism and the new liturgy. In 1962, um, Pope John XXIII had done most of the work with which he is known. And like his sister... He was diagnosed with stomach cancer, which was terminal. He died in his bed, aged 81. The world mourned John the 23rd. He was posthumously awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Johnson in 1963, and he appeared on the cover of Time magazine. Pope Francis approved. John XXIII's canonisation in 2013, the anniversary of his death. And in 2014, he was suitably canonised. But allow us time is up here this morning to say more. Thanks again to St Matthew's for sponsoring our programme. Do tune tune in next Sunday at 8.30 to FM 89.0 for your Catholic Corner. And have a good day out there.